and welcome to Daily Devotions. My name is Madeleine and I'm honored to be spending this time with you this morning as we carry on with our new series called Follow Me, looking at how we take up our cross and how we follow Jesus. And today we're going to be looking at John chapter 3. Now, I'm sure that even if you haven't read the entire John chapter 3 before, that you at least know a very, very vital verse in it, for sure. We're going to be looking at the decision of discipleship today and what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to take up our cross, as we're told in John 3. So John 3, of course, has the most incredible verse, the most succinct declaration of the gospel. The few lines that sums it all up so beautifully, probably the most popular single verse used in evangelism. It's John 3 verse 16. And John 3 verse 16, I'm in the CSB version. For God so loved the world in this way, He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. I'm sure that you've heard that verse before. So the wonderful thing about John 3 is is that when we think of John 3, we maybe only think of that verse. But there is so much more in the rest of that verse that maybe you haven't had a look at before, or you can have a bit of a refresher today. The first verse of John 3, of the whole chapter, is a conversation between a man called Nicodemus and Jesus. Now, Nicodemus, we're told, is a Jewish Pharisee, a religious man, very well educated, very influential. Um, Jesus actually calls him a, a teacher of Israel, a few verses down. Here's this man coming to Jesus, and we're told at night, At night, he's coming to Jesus, so probably surprising Jesus, showing up there at night. I'm imagining that he probably wanted really uninterrupted time with Jesus to be asking all these questions that have been stirring up within him. As a teacher of the word himself, he probably felt like, well, he knew it all and he had the answers, um, not in an arrogant way, but in just a self-assured, confident way, we can imagine. And so he comes to Jesus And just starts asking him. Here he says, The man came to him at night, this is from verse 2 of chapter 3, and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So here Nicodemus just comes and says, We recognize what you're doing. You are doing amazing things here. And Jesus just responds by immediately, unless someone is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. He just cuts to the chase right right immediately, which kind of took Nicodemus, he caught him off guard, I'm pretty sure, because Nicodemus asked, well, how can anyone be born when he is old? So he's taking that term about being born again, literally. And going, can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? He's, he's trying to wrap his head around this. He's an intelligent man and he wants to understand what Jesus is explaining to him. Because for him at the time, well, Jews at that time were taught that since they were descendants of Abraham, 
they automatically got assured of a place in heaven. That was their understanding. That was Nicodemus's understanding. And here Jesus answers in verse 5, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So here Jesus is introducing a concept to him that is a little bit foreign. He's saying, well, it's not just because you're Jewish and descendants of Abraham that you're automatically assured of heaven. You actually need to be born again. And this is something that's vital to salvation. This is something that gives us our salvation that Nicodemus had not yet, as a very educated man, understood. This is the first he, he heard about it. And he says, how can these things be? He's grappling with these things. He is shocked. He's in a state of the rug has been pulled out from underneath his feet and he's trying to grapple with all these facts. And Jesus says, are you a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? Truly I tell you, we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And then we have that amazing verse in John 3.16, which says, Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and that we're able through him to have eternal life. So Jesus is rocking the boat of Nicodemus, of the scholar, and he's explaining two very important concepts to him. The first one being that he needs to be born again. And it comes from the, the idea again, the word again, comes from an ancient Greek word, which actually means from above. So to be born again, to be born from above. It's not an earthly birth is what he's trying to explain to him. That's why he says everyone born from flesh is flesh. And he's trying to have the two opposing ideas to explain to him. You can't be of the spirit when you're born of the flesh. That's why we need to be reborn. So he's teaching this to Nicodemus. And the second part that's also vital from these verses that I found so wonderful is that it's something that Nicodemus cannot do for himself or to himself. It's only through the power of Jesus and the crucifixion, which we now just came out of with Passover weekend, with our grateful hearts for what Jesus has done for sending his one and only son. These concepts are now so new to Nicodemus, and this is what he needs to do in order to take up his cross and to follow Jesus. This is the decision of discipleship. It's to go and understand that our flesh cannot save us, but we need to be reborn in the spirit to come with some grateful hearts. Now, you might say, well, it's wonderful to go over these things and to remind ourselves, but what can I take from this into my everyday today? Maybe you've read John 3.16 a million times, and the power of this is still so powerful today. The way that it's put in the Enduring Word, uh, on its Enduring Word website, which often has a way of just giving commentary to things. And I really love the way that they put the John 3.16 scripture, which really would maybe give you just a different way of viewing it. They say that there are seven wonders in John 3 verse 16. The first one is God, as the verse starts, who's the almighty authority, so loved the world 
which is the mightiest motive, that he gave his only begotten son, which is the greatest gift, that whoever, which is the widest welcome, believes in him, which is the easiest escape, we just need to believe in him, should not perish, which is the divine deliverance, but have everlasting life, which is the priceless possession. So they say there's almighty authority with the mightiest motive, the greatest gift and the widest welcome, gives us the easiest escape with divine deliverance and priceless possession. How wonderful is that? It just is remarkable the way that that's put. And it continues to say, if there is one sentence more than another which sums up the message of the fourth gospel, it is this. The love of God is limitless. It embraces all mankind. No sacrifice was too great to bring its unmeasured intensity home to men and women. The best that God had to give, he gave. His only son, his well-beloved. How beautiful is that? And I pray that today, as you continue with your day, that thankfulness and gratitude for what Jesus has done for us will just ring true in your heart the whole day as you take hold of that truth. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness and your grace in our lives. Thank you that we can read over a verse like John 3, 16, a hundred times and see new beauty and new power in it every time. Thank you for this conversation between Nicodemus and yourself just talking about being reborn and what that means. Thank you that it serves as a reminder for us for your children, Lord Jesus, not to take this immense gift for granted. I pray for today, right now, as we go out and live our days, have our conversations, make our decisions, that they will be ones that we will walk firmly in your path, Lord Jesus, that we will be walking with gratitude and thankful hearts. We were able to be reborn, not flesh of flesh, Lord God, but now we are in the spirit. So we give you all the glory and all the thanks, Lord Jesus, for who you are, for the immense gift. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the decision of discipleship, that we're able to take up our cross and follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.